1: It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to
0: get in the zone.
1: With the 49ers Web Zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al and Brian.
2: What's up faithful it's another episode of the 49ers web zone no huddle podcast a part of the odyssey network i'm brian that's al he's angry we're all angry last night was not fun the 49ers lost their second straight game to an opponent that they should have beaten and uh there's a lot to talk about today al how many times did you yell at your tv last night
0: yeah, it was frustrating. I, I guess I'm not that angry because, like you were saying just a minute ago off off air, they started out three and four and three and five or whatever the past couple of years. Not we're not ringing the alarm bells like crazy, but I thought last week was a blip. I thought that bad weather, physical game, missed kicks, injuries to players, just a blip, and I thought they were going to come out this week and play a lot better. Didn't happen. So I'm, I am a little bit more concerned. Biggest concern, I guess, for me is that the 49ers found ways to lose two weeks in a row. And look, there were a number of reasons why they lost this game. They missed more kicks. The defense couldn't get any pressure. And that's been a recurring theme with the defensive line not being able to get home. And it seemed like every Vikings receiver had an eight yard cushion with every ball that they caught and an inexcusable, inex- inexplicable defensive call at the end of the first half. And we're going to talk about that and, and Steve Wilkes in, in detail, but I don't care if Ward was in place there. To me, you rushed seven. I, I heard somewhere that's the first time since 2020 a team has done that in that situation. And it's just an inexcusable mm-hmm. call. And again, we'll get into it, but The reason you don't do that is because of what happened. Something spooky can happen like that, and it it did. McCaffrey with another red zone fumble, and the running game has been non-existent. Brock Purdy played really well, I thought, up until about five minutes in the fourth quarter, and then he has two crushing interceptions. And the turnovers, San Francisco had three. Minnesota had one, and coming into this game, 49ers only had three total, and Minnesota Mm -hmm. had 13. So completely flipped on its ear. In San Francisco, Brian had not lost a turnover battle in 16 straight games, the longest streak since the 2011-2012 Pats at 21. And the 49ers are now 0-36 under Kyle Shanahan when trailing by 8-plus in the fourth yeah. quarter. Um, only the Panthers have a longer streak. Where do you yeah. want to start? Because, like I said, there's a lot of places. R- wherever there's you want to team. start, we we'll, There's, we'll there's start. a lot
2: of places. You know, one of the things that I I saw somebody tweet and and it felt like a, a culmination of of some of the thoughts that that I've had, and I think one of the one of the concerns that I came away with, and I saw somebody say this, tweet this, I can't remember, but basically that this 49ers team, and and I don't know if this is endemic of these this Shanahan offensive system, right? Is it something that you could see? you know, in, in Green Bay, in LA, in Miami, I I'm not, I'm not sure, but this team feels like a front running team, meaning that when things are going really well, or, or at least just well, they go really, really well. But when things go off kilter, when you aren't playing from in front, this team seems like they struggle to, to make. To make things up, right? To to make up ground, if you will. And like you said, Kyle Shanahan under the 49ers now is 0 and 36 when trailing by eight plus points in the fourth quarter. And I would say that it's probably fair to point to that being a quarterback stat, mm-hmm. largely and maybe completely. But at the same time, you know, I I saw that stat, that 0 36 stat from Josh DuBau from, from the AP. And I had replied and asked if he could find what Kyle Shanahan coordinated offenses, like what their record was when trailing in the fourth quarter by eight points or more. And he didn't reply. So I I, I would still be interested to to know that, but it just feels like, and, and JT O'Sullivan has said this before as well in his QB school, that the drop pack drop back passing game that Kyle Shanahan has in his scheme is, is not very good. And, Again, this offense is based on staying ahead of the chains, play action, you know, disguises, things like that. But when it, when you get down by eight in the fourth quarter and all you can do is, is drop back and, and have a traditional, you know, five to seven step drop back passing game, this offense struggles every time it has to happen. I, I can't, I can't think of a time. Where it doesn't. And again, I don't know if that is quarterback related or if that's just again a a bug in this in this offensive system. But that is that is to me the biggest concern on the offensive side is if this defense isn't going to be top five like it has been over the past four years and they're going to be relied upon to have to come back and win some games that they may be behind in. I'm not convinced that they can do that. Now, is this is this because Debo was out and Williams Trent Williams was out? Maybe, maybe if Debo's in that game, things go a little bit differently because I think Debo Debo gives Kyle Shanahan a, a even more than Christian McCaffrey kind of a an out in terms of. Hey, we just need to get this guy the ball in his hands in space and and he'll he'll make magic happen. And he didn't have that option. He didn't have that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And maybe if he did, things look different. And maybe if Trent Williams is in there, some of that some of that pressure that Brock Purdy was under during the game uh isn't there. But at the same time, I think Brock Purdy was I believe he was hurried I want to say eight times, six of those were from De'Nio Hunter rushing against Colton McKivitt. So even if Williams was in there, that wouldn't have made a difference. still
0: coming from the other side.
2: Yeah. yeah. So I'm I'm not I'm frustrated, but I'm not like sounding the alarm that all of a sudden this team sucks. I do think right now, and again, this is a week to week league, right now I I think we can stop talking about whether it's the Eagles or the 49ers who are the best in the NFC because it's Quite obvious that it's the Eagles right now. And Mm -hmm. I think that I think that there were there were some flaws exposed the last two weeks on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball that is going to take some self-scouting and some coaching to fix. And I just hope that they have the 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 coaching staff to do that. I think they do on the on the offensive side, but it's the defensive side that worries me more. And we'll get into that.
0: Yeah, and Kyle can be stubborn. It seems like he wants to have a lot of gut punches throughout the game and then hit you with something big. And sometime, like you said, you just, you need a drop back passing game. Go, I don't know, go five mm-hmm. wide or four wide or something. Mm-hmm. Just try to change it up. But he seemed stubborn to want to do that. And I thought for Purdy, again, I thought he played well. And actually, again, in my notes, I was writing things were not going well for the Niners and Purdy seemed poised. He was poised. Mm-hmm. He had a couple throws. He threw a hospital ball, the Kittle. Yeah. Um, there were a few reads. I don't think <laughs> by the way, probably.
2: On that Kittle ball, did you see what Kittle mouthed afterwards? Because they showed it oh, afterwards and it was, he's got, yeah, he, <laughs> he yes, yeah, he got Oh, hit. man, right in the dick. That's exactly yeah. <laughs> what that was like. Oh, brutal, brutal. But yeah, that hospital ball to Kittle, I was very Jimmy G esque for sure.
0: Yeah. And a couple balls where he just, he didn't make the right read, I don't think. But overall, he he played, I thought, very well. And then he was set up for big moment, right? I thought, mm-hmm. I said, this is Purdy's moment. Mm-hmm. And the first interception, A couple plays where Juwan Jennings, as much as I thought he had a a pretty good game, he slipped on a couple of routes that cost them. But this was weird because Purdy clearly threw it to a spot. Mm
1: -hmm. So
0: there had to be some miscommunication somewhere. I don't think he was that far off. I I wouldn't think that he would throw it that far off. So whether Jennings stopped the route or slipped and it was still a shitty throw, a little bit of both, I don't know. But something just looked kind of off on that interception. And then yep. coming back, I actually thought at the end of the game, they had a lot of time. That minute 11 or whatever it was went by pretty quickly. And um, Purdy should have thrown the ball away there or done anything other than or what scramble. he did, which is essentially throw it up for or throw it up for grab. Scramble and spike it really quickly. Yeah. Um, so he made two really bad decisions at the end. But what's going to happen now is people are going to say, wait a minute, is he going to choke in these spots? We haven't seen it. We don't know. It was the same thing we talked about with Moody. Until it happens again, we don't know. Mm -hmm. This isn't a 15-year veteran or a 10-year veteran. This is a 23-year-old young quarterback who hasn't been in these spots. And he didn't do it in this game. That doesn't mean he won't do it in the next game, but we don't know. And until we see it, it is going to be a concern. And I saw, I heard a stat, and I have to check it I, I I don't know if it's totally correct or what, but Purdy is 12 of 31 with trailing in the fourth quarter. And I have to I have I heard that I have to look it up to see if it's accurate or not. I will. But so there's been some issues with him trailing in the fourth quarter. Now, last year against the Raiders, he, he did play well. Mm-hmm. Um, but the last two games, he brought them in field goal range last week against the Browns. There were some also pretty shitty throws on that drive. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he did make a couple good throws, too. And, and, and this week we'll see. But he's a kid who at 23 years old, he's tasked with a Super Bowl ready team. He's he's in a tough spot. He's going to be under a microscope. And this was a game where you mentioned they didn't have Debo. They didn't have Trent Williams. They also didn't have a running game. Yeah. Niners running backs had 16 carries for 47 yards. And, again, um, McCaffrey fumbled in the red zone for the second time in in three games. And the Niners were moving the ball in the first half. He had the fumble. You had the missed field goal. You had a touchdown. And then they ran the clock out with, like, four seconds Mm -hmm. left or whatever it was. So they're really only three offensive plays. Um, But the running game, Brian – has been a problem. McCaffrey in his last three games, 45 carries, 139 yards, 3.1 yards per carry in those two fumbles. This season, Elijah Mitchell, 19 carries for 48 yards. And he has a long of 18. So his other 18 carries, he has 30 yards in a 21.1% rushing success rate. Mitchell has been terrible. And I know a lot of that's offensive line hasn't been great either. But what I want to know is in a game like this, on a fast track, when you could use somebody physical, where the hell is Jordan Mason for a carry or two? Yeah. Jordan Mason this season, 21 carries, 117 yards, two touchdowns, 61.9% rushing success rate. I was shocked he didn't get a couple touches, especially with McCaffrey hurting. And I know Kyle loves McCaffrey and, and McCaffrey's phenomenal, but the running wasn't working with him. He is banged up. You just I would just like to see Mason get the ball a little bit here and there. But I didn't understand why he did it.
1: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check.
2: And honestly, like why not why are why haven't we seen like Mason in the backfield and McCaffrey in the slot? Like, if if something's not working, let's let's switch it up. Like again, we talked about missing Debo. Why not put McCaffrey in that Debo role? I I could he could fill that role quite quite nicely. Um, and and then like I said, put Mason in in the backfield. And uh, like you said, Kyle Stubborn, you know, he said somebody asked him about Mitchell over Mason, or if, if CMC can't go, you know, who would start? And basically he was like, well, Mitchell would start because he's proved a lot to us. And I'm like, I mean, I get that. I understand. But at the same time, he hasn't proved anything this year and we're playing this year. We're not playing
0: playing last year.
2: Yeah. He doesn't look like the same, the same guy that you had in 2021. Those knee injuries obviously have sapped some of his athleticism and his burst. And you've got a guy that, has been productive this year. Why is he not getting more opportunities? And not only that, but why is Spencer Burford still playing? Like Spencer Burford is probably one of the worst offensive linemen in the NFL right now. It's, it's hard to watch at times. And you've got a veteran waiting there on the bench to be used. Mm -hmm. Like, why is John Feliciano not getting an opportunity over Spencer Burford? I like the idea of, of, of seeing what you have in the young guys and, and Burford played, fairly well last year, but you continued to sub Daniel Brunskill in because you didn't trust Burford enough. And now you've got Feliciano. Like, why is, why is he still in there? And these runs, I, I, I mean, what, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with the blocking scheme. Um, the interior of the offensive line has been just absolute trash for most of the season. And that largely could be part of it, but there does not seem to be any talk of making any changes or anything like that. And I understand the offensive line is a unit, right? And you can't just plug and play somebody. And you know, people Mm -hmm. people keep clamoring on Twitter for, you know, let's the trade deadline is coming up. Like, why aren't we looking at offensive linemen? It's like it's not that easy. It's not that easy to to bring somebody in mid-season, yeah, to a, a scheme that they are unfamiliar with. And just plug them in and 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 have them play, right? And then yeah. you know the argument that as well. basement right. right. exactly. or even a, even a wide receiver or a running yeah. back or a defensive back, right? Like out of all of the positions on the field, offensive line is probably the 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 least likely that you can plug and play somebody from the outside. Now, mm-hmm. if you could figure out a way to trade for somebody that that runs a very similar system, you know, possibly somebody from Minnesota, like an Ezra Cleveland, who uh, I believe. I don't know if they put him on the IR, which means if they did, then they can't trade him. But I know he's out with an, uh, like a foot injury, but it wasn't like a, a season ending one. Uh, and Dalton Risner or Dalton Risner, they signed early in the season and he's come in and looked really good. That offensive line for the Vikings looked phenomenal and i don't know if that was just the vikings or if that was the 49ers and again we'll get to the Oof. defensive side of the ball but it just it just seems like i don't know they put up 42 against dallas and then just read their own press clippings and went like hey like we're hot shit like we're we're good to go no one's going to beat us and they've come out flat two weeks in a row against mm-hmm. inferior opponents and got embarrassed like i mean they should be embarrassed the defense should be embarrassed. Steve Wilkes should be embarrassed. The offense was successful in moving the ball, but not scoring. And then it just, I don't, I don't, it, Self, it's just like I said, it was, just a, front, yeah, it was just a frustrating yeah. game. And now you've got, now you've got a team in the Bengals that are also coming off a bye, right? So that's three weeks in a row that they're mm-hmm. going to face an opponent coming off their bye. Cleveland was coming off their bye. Minnesota was coming off their bye, and now Cincinnati will be coming off their bye. So they've had two weeks to prepare and the 49ers are going to be on a short week. Like this game, uh, this game coming up this week. I don't know, but
0: it's a big one. There's Andy. gotta be, not- there's
2: gotta be answers somewhere. And, you know, Debo's not going to be in for Cincinnati. Uh, so, you know, what are you going to do differently against Cincinnati? And I'll tell you what, Lou and rumo is very similar to Brian Flores. He's going to throw a bunch of shit at oh, yeah. you that yep. you're not ready for, and uh, it could be a long day for Brock Purdy because Brian Flores, uh, I heard this uh, on Extra Point Taken on The Ringer with uh, Ben Solak and Shio Capadia, and uh, Brian Flores and the Vikings' defense leads the league in seven-man pressures and also so so rushing seven Mm -hmm. and they also lead the league in only rushing three so it's like you really don't know what you're getting and that that seemed to rattle him a little bit and that interception to end the game came on a play where they only rushed three and dropped eight into the pattern and you could see no one was open no
0: one well they they gotta stop the self-inflicted wounds. Cause like you said, they did, you know, they did move the ball, but I said three turnovers. I actually kind of missed field goals like a turnover too. And you have Moody missing the 40 yarder, and that's a that's a whole other thing. This is the crazy thing about Jake Moody. He's one of uh three 49ers kickers in the history of the sad. franchise to have two fifty-five yard plus field goals, like yeah. David Akers and Phil Dawson. But he can't yeah. hit a forty yard. You don't know what you're gonna get out of him. So yeah, he may come in there and hit a fifty-eight yarder, but then he may shank a thirty-eight yarder right now, mm-hmm. which Mm-hmm. You can't trust him until he proves otherwise. But you know, he's gonna go out. This was indoors. He missed a 40 yarder. You know, yeah. it, it just it just the the oh, episode the Vikings sailors, you go down. It's 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 getting scary with him. So we'll see how that one goes too. But the biggest concern to me right now, Brian, and last week watching the defense, a lot of people said, Oh, you know what? Like they only have 19 points. Like they should have won. They did not they had a couple turnovers. Other than that, mm-hmm. they didn't play well. No. The Browns were running the ball. If you had even an average quarterback, they probably would have gotten diced up in the secondary as well. PJ Walker, you know, he's throwing the ball into the ground and everything else. In this week, I mean, Steve Wilks—they ate his lunch. Absolutely ate his lunch. Vikings had come into this game. Okay, they were 26th in the NFL in third down conversion rate coming into this game. They went eight of thirteen. Mm -hmm. Kirk Cousins threw 45 times and they could not get him on the ground. They didn't get
2: him down once.
0: No, not at all. They they couldn't get to him blitzing. They couldn't get him with, with four guys. And the defense came into the game 21st in sack rate at 5.8%. They're now 27th in sack rate. Pressure rate, 28.1 coming into the game. Their yards per carry was 16. They weren't, they weren't coming, they weren't playing well coming into the game. And this team is built on their defensive line. Their mm-hmm. defensive line looks terrible right now. How about yeah. these numbers? Nick Bosa, three and a half sacks in his last 12 games. So this is going back to the last game of last year in the playoffs. He didn't have a sack in those four games. I'm sorry, maybe. So he had one within those five games going back to mm-hmm. last year. And this year in seven games, he's got two and a half. The holdout definitely affected him. And everybody's saying like, oh yeah, you know, he's fine. He's working out at home. It's not the same thing. And you're seeing it right now. I don't care about his PFF grade. You got to get home at some point. He is not playing up to his level. He's not a TJ Watt. He's not a Miles Garrett right now, the way that he's playing. Um, He's tied for 64th in the NFL in sacks at the moment. (laughs) I mean, come on. And, um he actually said he sounded a little annoyed at the end of the game in the press conference. He said, "Yeah, we're usually a rush four kind of team, but uh I don't know like he's not used to, he said he's not used to blitzing as much as they are right now now, I looked it up, and according to pro football reference, it says they're only blitzing seventeen point three percent of the time, which is the second fewest in the league, but maybe it's when they're blitzing, maybe it's always on third down. I really don't know um but also, what was the stat that I had so bosa Cleveland Farrell and Drake Jackson, between the three of them, they have five and a half sacks this year. And three of those came in week one with Drake Jackson when he kind of fell into those sacks. Randy Gregory does have one, but that's still, it's only six and a half sacks for that whole unit. They're just not getting home right now. And did you hear? I don't know if you heard this. Brian Baldinger was on, I think he was on 95.7 or KMBR. I got to see what he said if I could find it now. Um, He said he was on 95.7 the game, he was on the morning roast. He said, I've seen very little from Hargrave. Nick Bosa right now is strictly a power rusher, and his power moves are not winning in the pass game, game. For Kirk Cousins to drop back 45 times and not get taken down once, I can't imagine a worse flight home. So the Niners are playing a lot of money for this defensive line, and they are not mm-hmm. getting it done right now. They're getting run on. They're not getting to the quarterback. They're not getting home. And the deficiencies in the secondary are showing up because that front four is not getting the job done. And Wilkes isn't getting the job done with the blitzes he's calling either.
2: Well, and here's the thing, you know, and I tweeted this out earlier today. This defense is regressing with personnel that was that is better than what D'Amico Ryan's had, right? This defense, personnel-wise, is better than what D'Amico Ryan's had last year. When you add a, a, a Javon Hargrave, right? When you add a Randy Gregory, when you still have Warner and Greenlaw, when you know, maybe they are significantly missing Al Shayer, but I feel like Oren Burks has played pretty well in, in in that role this season. I don't I don't think it's been a humongous drop-off. Uh Diamador Lore is better this year than he was last year. You still have Travarius Ward, you still have Gibson and Hufunga. This defense, personnel-wise, is better. And it's it's performing at such significantly less efficiency than, than D'Amico Ryan's had it. And it's, that comes down to scheme. I don't know. I don't know how else you can, you can slice it up, right? If all things remain the same and or might be slightly better, but the performance is significantly worse. You've got to look at the guy that took over. And, you know, I, I am hearing all this talk about like the, you know, Wilkes needs to get out of the booth, blah, blah, blah. That has nothing to do with anything. Let's be perfectly honest. Does this defense perhaps miss the passion of a Robert Sala and a D'Amico Ryans on the sideline, just going nuts when his, when his squad does, you know, does something good? Maybe, but one of the best defensive coordinators in NFL history, Vic Fangio has never once coached from the sideline. He has always coached from the box and his defenses are always good. I guess technically he was coaching from the sideline when he was head coach in Denver, but still. I I don't, I, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not willing to, to even consider that as an excuse for what's going on. I just don't know if Steve Wilkes is a, is a good defensive play caller. There's not a huge track record there. Uh, Is he a great coach and a great leader of men? A hundred percent, but that's great. If you're the head coach or if you're a position coach, but if you're a play caller, you got to have some talent there. And it certainly seems like up to this point, he's been a little in over his head. Like again, what are we, what are we doing calling what we called to end the half? Like, what is that call? And I guarantee Kyle Shanahan's like, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) Like that is rookie level mistakes from a guy that, from a guy that's supposed to lead from a guy that you're entrusting to continue the legacy of phenomenal defense. And so it's you know it's games we've we've played 7 games. You know at this point in 2021 we were th- the 49ers were 3 and 4. They lost their next game to go to 3 and 5 and then they made it to the NFC Championship game. At this point last year they were 3 and 4. They just got their asses handed to them by the Chiefs on their home field and they didn't lose another game until the NFC Championship game. It's a long season. All is not lost, but there are some very, very concerning things that we have seen, especially over the past two weeks. And Mm -hmm. let's remember that we are looking at this team through Super Bowl lenses. Is this team going to win the Super Bowl? Because they've put that on themselves. They put that on themselves. Are they going to get a wild card? Are they going
0: to win the division? it's they
2: are the ones year, they are the ones that said it's the super bowl this year. Brock Purdy is the quarterback because this is a super bowl ready team. You know, they made moves because this is a super bowl ready team. So you have to look at this team through that lens and so far it's it's not it's not where it needs to be.
0: And the thing at the end of the half so it's 10 to 7. The Niners are going to get the ball to start the third quarter. You got a little momentum You can come out and get the ball if you hold them even to a field goal. If they do get a field goal, you still have a chance to take the lead coming out in the second half. We talked about it. No team since 2020 has rushed seven seven people in that situation. I don't know what the result was then.
2: There's no reason to.
0: There's no reason to. And people, I've seen a few people say, well, Ward was right there. If he held on to the ball, it's an interception. It worked. No. The reason why that's inexcusable is because something fluky can happen, and it did. It did happen. the 60-yard touchdown. You had 16 seconds left, and the Vikings had no timeouts. The worst thing that's going to happen there is maybe Cousins completes the ball to the 42 and the kicker bombs one. That's probably the worst thing that would happen there if you're not being a dumbass and do what you did. It was inexcusable to me. Inexcusable. Mm-hmm. And a lot of things cost them the game. That was one of them. That was a big one. And Kyle did seem pissed about it after he said, yeah, you know, we have to talk about that, but it's just, just a a, a dumb call. What, what, Mm -hmm. what are you trying to accomplish there? What what are you going to get a sack is, is that I don't, I don't understand what he was trying to accomplish there. And we talked about this. So this was a tweet from uh, Nick Wagoner. So their pass, their pass rush splits against Minnesota, they blitzed cousins was eight of 13 for 138 yards. Um, they had a 23.1% pressure rate. They didn't blitz. Cousins was 27-32 to for 240 yards, 22.8 pressure rate. And then he said for the season, the Niners have a pressure rate of 26.7%, which is 22nd, and 23.5 when not blitzing, which is 23rd, and 40.5 when they do blitz, which is 18. So they can't get pressure no matter what they do right now, what's going on with this team. So it is, I do think Wilkes is a problem. You know, Salah and Ryan's, they were linebacker guys. Wilkes mm-hmm. is a secondary guy. So mm-hmm. maybe there's just some different stuff going on here. But he's a problem, but also the performance of the defensive line is also a yes. problem. I'm not like the secondary. Again, I don't think the secondary played well at all. They Didn't play well at all last night. But this team is built on their defensive line with the, with the expectation that that is going to make up for any deficiencies in the secondary. And the defensive line is not just not holding their end of the bargain right now. And look with no. Bosa, man. I put out I tweeted last night. Sometimes I tweet things and people like get pissed, even though they're just stats. Like I tweeted about Debo, how Debo's only had like 936 yards since he mm-hmm. signed that contract. And people mm-hmm. just a stat. People get all pissed and like, oh God, right. he's still worth it. Some people did it, some people didn't. But with the Bosa stuff, I put it out last night after the game. He's only got three and a half sacks in his last 12 games. And again, I'm just waiting. Like, not that I read a ton of it, but I'm like, people sure. are just gonna come at me for this. I can't wait. Two of there might've been 70 replies. Not one person was like, what are you talking about? Well, was everybody was like pissed. Like, yeah, yeah, he's not doing what he's supposed to do. They gave him all this money. And here's, here's my thing too. And like, it's easy to jump on somebody when, when the stats aren't there, right? Like mm-hmm. it's, it's easy to jump and pile on, but he wasn't there all training camp. He right. wasn't there all preseason. He He wasn't there. So if he is having trouble acclimating, well, you weren't there, dude. And to think that he was just going to come back in and be like, oh, yeah, I'm good. I'm, I'm going to get my 15 and a half sacks, my 16 sacks. doesn't work that way. You have to build up. And Nick Bosa may have a phenomenal second half of the season. We know he's a great player. He always has been. But right now, he is not getting home. He is not a T.J. Watt. He is not a Miles Garrett that absolutely blows up the game. Miles Garrett blew up the game this past weekend. T.J. Watt blew up the game this past week. I think Pittsburgh has won two games basically because of T.J. Watt creating mm-hmm. turnovers. Mm-hmm. He has not been that guy. He may well be that guy starting next week. He's been that guy in the past. But to this point, he absolutely deserves some criticism for how the first half of the season is gone.
2: Yeah, and that's, a, that's the other thing. Again, being a fan of a team, it's emotional in nature. I get it. I understand. But when you criticize a player that deserves criticism, that is not hate, that is not go root for another team. Like that's none of that. That is just being critical of, yeah, yeah, Yeah. it's, it's just being and, and, and recognizing when there's, when there's something to critique, right? Criticism is not, it's not hate. It's just observation. And like you said, you tweet out a stat. It's like, what a hater. And it's like, no, it's just a stat. Like, if that stat makes you feel some type of way, that's on you, right? That's not, that's just an objective fact. And the objective fact right now is that Nick Bosa is not living up to that contract and doesn't mean that he can't, doesn't mean that he won't, doesn't mean that, like you said, he won't come out in the second half and have 15 sacks and, and look like the best player in the NFL. Like he did last year, definitely definitely. I would argue more likely than not, but that's not where we're at right now. Through week seven, he has been not good. Javon Hargrave has been not good. Drake Jackson had one good game. He has been not good. Cleveland Farrell, just a dude, not not really doing a, a whole lot. And that is the other thing is this defense is built on the idea that you are going to get to the quarterback, which is why you play zone so much on the back end and if you aren't going to get to the quarterback, then your zone is going to get exposed let's not forget we this this 49ers defense allowed the night it allowed to Kirk cousins without Justin Jefferson like what If Justin Jefferson was in in this game, what would this have looked like? Like, would it have been significantly worse? Probably. And guess what? Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, they're coming to town next week. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? How are you going to change things up?
0: You mentioned, Now I'm thinking about it now. You said they might be more talented on defense. I don't know if they are because I take Ward over Oliver. I'd absolutely take El Shair over Burks. And I would take the combination of what we got anyway last year and the year before Vibokam and Menehu over what's opposite Bosa now. So I don't know. I don't know. I think that Javon Hargrave is a big name that came in. But I don't know if they're more talented. And I kind of thought that the other defensive end position was going to be an issue. And it clearly has been. Mm-hmm. If Farrell's got, you know, Clean Farrell's got no sacks. Drake Jackson just had him in the one game. Randy Gregory, Gregory, we'll see how he does. Maybe they're not as talented. Maybe that's part of it, you know? So, again, we'll see as the season goes on. But it's just been – that's the scary thing, Brian. I think that's that's where I want to go for our our last sort of segment on the show. We're talking about the Super Bowl, like you said. This is not Mm -hmm. about, hey, are they going to win the division? Are they going to win a playoff game? Like the Lions, if they win a playoff game, probably everybody's maybe happy this year. I, I don't know. Probably. But it's not that way for the Niners. It's it's Super Bowl or bust right now. And right now, I we've been talking about the Eagles, and I said the Niners are going to go in there and they have something to prove. This version of the 49ers, whether they have something to prove or not, they're going to go into Philadelphia watched. and get whooped on the lines. Yeah, They're going to get whooped on the yeah. offensive and defensive line if they keep playing the way that they are right now. They have enough talent to change that around. But I – We'll see, because this time last year we were saying the same thing, like, holy shit, they're three and four or whatever they were. Mm-hmm. And they could, in five, six weeks from now, be steamrolling again. Well, we got to wait and see. But it worries me, man. I don't know if they're good enough in the trenches.
2: Yeah, that offensive line is, to me, the bigger concern than the defensive line. Like you said, that defensive line is has a ton of talent on there, even if you're just looking at Bosa, Armstead, and Hargrave. And I think you should add Randy Gregory, because Randy Gregory – is a proven pass rusher in this league. He was hurt in Denver, and that was the issue. Uh, And Denver's like, we just don't want to continue to pay you on this $70 million contract, so we're gonna get rid of you. So, you know, when you look at those four, right? Bosa, Armstead, Hargrave, Gregory. There aren't very many defensive lines in the NFL that are gonna be better than that. The Eagles have one. And, Mm -hmm. you know, because Jalen Carter and, and Jordan Davis are, and Fletcher Cox are just absolute menaces in the middle. Yeah. So I'm not as concerned, but I am concerned about the offensive line. And I'm concerned specifically about the interior of the offensive line. Because again, none of this matters if you can't beat the Eagles, right? That's what you have to look at at this point. It's, it, it's the Eagles and everybody else in the NFC. And the Eagles boast an incredibly stout interior defensive line. And the 49ers boast an incredibly porous and average at best interior offensive line. And that's really where it scares me. Mm-hmm. And that to me is where the, I need to see a significant, I don't want to say upgrade. Cause like I said, I'm not certain that they would look to bring somebody in, but. Why aren't we seeing Feliciano at least get a shot or whatever? Because, like I said, Burford and Banks and Brendel, those three, they haven't been great. You've got nothing behind Brendel, so you can't change there. And Banks, Banks right. had a great year last year. He's been okay this year. Um, I don't think he's been as good, but I, you know, I would, I would still give him more rope than I would give Burford. You've got Feliciano. Just, just put him in. See what. See if you can. See if you can get something more out of that spot than you're currently getting. And Jalen Moore, kudos to Jalen Moore, who played really well last night on the, uh, a, a, at left tackle. And maybe now you look at it and you go, okay, maybe we need to try Jalen Moore on the right side because Colton McKivitz really hasn't been it so far this season. Um, so again, I, I think there's some there's some movement and experimentation that you can start to do on that line. Because that line has got to improve significantly if you have any hope of reaching the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, and it's still time to turn it around. Again, we've, we've been yeah. here before. We've been frustrated in the beginning of the season. Doesn't mean it's going to be that way come November and December and January. But we're reacting yeah. to what we're seeing right now. And right now, there's, there's enough to get you worried. And like you said, next week's game, which we'll preview next show, it's a big one because if you have a healthy Joe Burrow now, if, if his mm-hmm. cab has calmed down with the bye week, and like you said, Higgins and Chase and Joe Mixon and Lou and An- Ar- what did I say his last name? No, a Lou Anaruma. An- Ar- big Anarumo. Lou,
2: Big Lou, as they like to call him. On, he gives the Chiefs uh, the fits. He's yeah. he's
0: a good defensive coordinator, so mm-hmm. he's going to come. You know, two weeks to prepare. He's he's going to come with some stuff. So it's going to be a big game. I, another game I was confident about before. Now, now I don't know. The Niners got a lot of soul searching to do this week, and they have to come back and figure out exactly who the hell they are.
2: But the silver lining in all of this is this team has been a second half team for a long time now. Mm And you saw it in 2020, you saw it in 2021, you saw it in 2022. In 2021, they were a second half team after starting three and five. In 2022, they were a second half team after starting three and four. In 2023, they started five and two if if they're going to turn it on the second half, like they traditionally do, they're in a much better position mm-hmm. now than they were even last year. And you look at the division and you say, the Rams are better than we thought, but still not great. Um, and the Seahawks have looked okay. They haven't looked phenomenal and they just lost in and uh, uh, Wusu for the season with a torn pectoral. So that's a big loss for their defense you might see them try and make a trade before the deadline to to bolster that defensive line. Cause he's there, he's there, Nick Bosa, not, not saying he's at that level, but he's their best pass rusher. And so, I mean, at this point, like I said, you, you have to take care of your division mm-hmm. and they're in a good spot for that. And at this point, you know, you, you just hope that there are some adjustments that that can be made and they can continue that trend of, really turning it on in the second half and, and getting on a roll as they enter the playoffs and at five and two through seven games, Hey, it could be a lot worse and it has been a lot worse just the past two seasons. So the sky is not falling. It sucks. There's two losses that should have been victories against inferior opponents, one with an inferior quarterback, but a great defense. And the other one, I mean, hey, we had Dane Mizutani on who was like, I don't know what the what the Vikings are going to be able to do against this 49ers defense and I don't know how their defense is going to stop the 49ers. And look at like blown away by by yeah, the results So Any so week, again, it, it is a week to week league. So let's let's you know, let's put some guardrails on that cliff. Let's let's put some you know, let's hook you up to a a safety line. If you, if you're ready to jump off right now and just say, Hey, on to Cincinnati as Bill Belichick is wont to say, we're on to Cincinnati. That's all we can do. And Hey, this team is ultra talented. They have the players. They should, they have the coaching. I, I have confidence that they will figure it out. Uh, but expectations are sky high and when you put two duds out like they did the past two weeks, mm-hmm. people are going to be frustrated.
0: Yeah, we'll be back next show. We're going to record Thursday looking at that Cincinnati game and we have Will Selva from NFL Network uh, as a guest. So love talking to Will. He's a great guy. He's a 49ers fun. fan. So that'd be a fun conversation. So until then, Brian, I'm L.
2: Later. All three. One two three. 3! <laughs>